0: everybody and thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to listen in on our Hilco Global Smarter Perspective podcasts. As return listeners know by now, I'm your host, Steve Katz. And if this is your first time with us, well, then welcome. We are really glad that you could tune in. Today, we're joined by Samuel Suchovieski, CEO of Hilco Global Mexico. And we're going to continue our discussion here about the many complexities of managing the affairs of distressed businesses that have locations within the borders of Mexico. Focusing today on part two of that discussion, which concerns ensuring successful outcomes through proper selection of a substitute servicer, a topic we have not really covered before. Uh, We have, a, I know Sammy authored an article a while back on it, but we didn't really dive into it the same way. So it should be very interesting. And if you haven't already listened to part one, I encourage you to do so uh, either right on the Hillco website or on your favorite podcast platform as well. It was quite an interesting conversation filled with insights from Sam, uh, who I know is going to give us many more here as well. So, Sammy, thanks for joining us again, and uh, we're looking forward to this follow-up discussion.
1: Thank you, Steve. Great to be back.
0: All right. To kick us off, uh, it would be great if you could talk a little bit about what makes the environment surrounding restructuring and defaults uh, in regard to asset-backed security so different in Mexico. I know we talked last time about... Um, liquidations and what makes things different there. I'm sure there's some parallels, um, but as compared uh, with the U S you know, and why that's such an important thing to understand for businesses, lenders, investors, and advisors, I think that'd be really helpful here.
1: Sure, Steve. I I think you have two different categories of, of investors that act within this landscape and they are honestly quite different in, in and of themselves as well. You have your typical, uh, investors in bonds, generally, that will invest in Mexican bonds like they would in, in any other uh, other jurisdiction and, and really look for, you know, what bondholders typically, you know, look for, which is a return in terms of uh, possibly, you know, the interest that they're getting and then any arbitrage that they can gain in, in the price of the bonds themselves. Um, typically, these type of investors do not have a necessarily a local presence and, and, and are really, you know, traders. They're buying a position to hold it and liquidate it in, in a period of time. The second category of, of, of investors that you often find within this landscape are what I would call your typical lenders, right? And in particular, you have lenders who are Using a a solid ABL type structure to hold their assets, uh, their collateral, uh, mainly assets of the company, which may be accounts receivables or hard assets, in uh, a bankruptcy bankruptcy remote structure that is typically a trust. So both of these have different objectives and are faced with different issues when they when when things get complicated and a company. Is undergoing a restructure, or bankruptcy, or even a liquidation. As we have talked in the past, in in the last couple, few years, largely coming out of COVID, there's been significant bankruptcies, in particular in the in the finance area uh, uh, or sector in Mexico, uh, with companies such as Alpha Credit, Crédito Real, Unifin, and perhaps others announcing restructures, liquidations. Or, or or bankruptcies uh, uh, you know at in, in different times. Of course, most borrowers and most issuers in Mexico continue to make payments when due. but when you have these special circumstances, the the situation changes and the intricacies of the Mexican system, the Mexican jurisdiction and the Mexican legal system come into play. Um, and uh, as you know, We uh, have quite a a significant presence uh, in this area because one of our businesses is Gilco Terracotta, which is a leading servicer in Mexico.
0: Yeah, uh, right. And we have talked about that before so i think it would be helpful to talk a little bit about what uh, helco terracotta does uh what makes it makes it uh so specialized in the market and then maybe you could talk you you mentioned a few companies there maybe there's one of those companies um that you've worked with that, that you could use to illustrate uh the type of work that has been successful you uh, know in in uh in recent times sure steve
1: i i think that would be helpful and you know, to be honest, we have been involved in in in, in most of the high-profile bankruptcy and liquidation procedures in Mexico in the last couple of years. But if I had to choose one, I would speak about Alpha Holding and Alpha Credit. That was a a, a very public situation, uh, which began really uh, when Deloitte, Alpha's auditor, discovered certain inaccuracies in the company's financial statements, which triggered then. Uh, a series of events from their investors and lenders that eventually led to a bankruptcy and uh, uh, and the liquidation of, of the company itself. Now, the way we got in- involved in the alpha credit situation was through our affiliate Hilco Terracotta. Hilco Terracotta provides backup, primary, and master servicer services in the Mexico community. Um, And we were already working with with Alpha Credit and some of their lenders as master servicers. Within that structure, we were designated in one of their uh, securitizations as backup servicer. And the bondholders in that securitization uh, voted to remove Alpha as, as primary servicer and to and asked us to step up and take over that position. That was both an opportunity and a challenge because the collection of accounts receivables such as the ones that Alpha Credit generated is quite complex in Mexico. Alpha Credit was primarily a payroll lender and getting into collecting payroll loans in Mexico Was particularly challenging because of both the legal framework and the practical issues surrounding uh, these collections. Nevertheless, we again were able to work with the lenders and with the alpha credit principals that already trusted us. They trusted us enough to engage us as master servicer in the first place so that we then proceeded. To make a number of of practical decisions to effectively collect in full their their securitization within a period of 10 to 11 months. So I want to stress this, Steve. Within 11 months from our designation, the investors walked out of that situation and walked out of that securitization with 100% of their money, 100% of their interest, and were able to then move on to the to the next deal, if you will.
0: Yeah, which uh, I would imagine was not necessarily the expected outcome, particularly when they had the the first little stumble there. So so you're saying I think you're saying and from my understanding of of how um, the servicing arrangement works that there's an implicit benefit in in the continuity of having a master servicer continue on as a substitute servicer during a liquidation is that, is that correct?
1: that's absolutely true nevertheless to be honest we we have now taken this a bit further and we're working with most of our clients to really you know reassess what is it that they want do they want master servicing or do they want a backup servicer from the beginning yeah. and the difference is quite quite uh significant under a typical master servicing uh, arrangement you're really providing the investors the you know or lenders with a series of reports and detailed information of how the collateral uh, is performing. As a backup servicer, you have the same information that the primary serv- servicer has in your systems. If something goes wrong, if if the primary servicer is not playing ball with their investors or with their lenders, you have an alternative to obtain information firsthand from somebody who has been following the collateral throughout the arrangement. So we have now taken this to heart and, you know, we advise our clients to really think about what is the appropriate situation. More and more, our clients are choosing a backup servicer, you know, and 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 there's different ways to make this uh, work so that a transition, when and if necessary, happens as seamlessly as possible.
0: Yeah, and is the backup servicer along the way um, running checks and balances against the master servicer, or is it just a, when when called upon, you know, in the situation they have the they have the data and the information to sort of pick up and move forward?
1: Well, well, in in our engagements, we provide really both services within our backup servicing arrangement. Uh, in in most cases, again, we work with each client and with each situation. Uh, according to what they they may need but it makes a lot of sense particularly you know today in, 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 in a complicated environment uh, worldwide really um, for lenders and investors to go into a transaction as protected as possible and in this um, uh, in these cases having somebody who can then act upon the collateral quickly becomes very very important. As as everybody knows, time is an enemy of value. So once, you know, things take, you know, a long time, in the end, the assets that are serving as collateral will depreciate in value. It's also important to understand that all of this, both master servicing, backup servicing arrangements are common, have been in place in Mexico for at least about 20 years, and are really supported by the Mexican regulatory framework and gives the, you know, both the investors and the company an added strength and confidence when dealing with investors and lenders.
0: Yeah, it certainly seems very logical um, and, you know, relatively quick and simple decision to make. Obviously, there's some cost associated with it, but from a um lim- you know limiting downside risk potential it seems that it would be money well 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 spent and uh also from the standpoint of losing that valuable time as you mentioned i think it's also would be money well spent um i'm sure that can be you know really difficult period for companies filled with not easy decisions any other thoughts on what you know what companies should be doing to Put those types of um, additional uh, cautionary procedures in place, or you know when they should be doing it. Um, and any just last thoughts on the topic as we move move towards the end of this discussion?
1: Sure. Um, we often have conversations very early on with our clients, particularly lenders who are acting within Mexico, as they are structuring a transaction. We can really provide a lot of value in terms of. Practical knowledge in terms of of how to structure the transaction to facilitate facilitate a transition, or even facilitate, you know, obtaining accurate and timely information. So, I, I would say, as a last thought, the earlier an investor or or a lender reaches out to us, the better that we can help them in terms of really strengthening their position um, in case. Of, of a future uh, situation such as what we've discussed.
0: Yep. Makes sense. Earlier is usually usually better, right? That's just the way it works. Um, all right. Well, we are out of time now. So thanks, Sammy, for joining us again today. Uh, really appreciate uh, the second part of the discussion. And I'm sure some of our listeners, bond investors, ABL lenders, and others may um, want to connect with you about their specific situations or questions that they have uh, about this master substitute service or structure, how should they go about getting a hold of you?
1: Well, my email is sams, S-A-M-S, at mx, And they can always reach me at my phone in Mexico, uh, 52 55 59 80
0: All right, Sammy, thanks again. Really appreciate it. Always great to have you on, and uh, we look forward to having you back soon. And listeners, as always, we hope that this Smarter Perspective podcast provided you with at least one key takeaway that you could put to good use in your business or share with a colleague or client to help make them that much more successful moving forward. And lastly, as I mentioned uh, at the top of our discussion today, please remember to check out part one of this two part series if you haven't already. It was really informative, great discussion with Sammy. Um, on focused on liquidations in Mexico uh, and the importance of finding the right partner for those uh, activities as well. And like all of our podcasts, you can find that one and this one uh, at hilcoglobal.com forward slash smarter dash perspectives or on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks again for being here. Until next time for Hilco Global, I'm Steve Katz.